0: Good morning.
1: Blog Talk Radio.
0: Good morning and welcome to the House of the Gospel, Blog Talk Radio. Coming to you from uh, 231 Fifth Avenue here in uh, Beatrice, Alabama on a beautiful Thursday morning. We are on the line with uh, the CEO of the National Association of Black Defenders, uh, Dr. Martin McCorvey. He's in the airport getting ready to do some traveling and I hope he would be safe. But uh, we're waiting on attorney Jonathan Jacobson to give us a legal update. Concerning some of the issues going on today, uh, concerning the National Association of Black Defenders, as well as issues in regards to uh, uh, civic and uh, other problems that's taking place in the country, voting, or any other issue that you may have legally, uh, if you'd like to uh, give him a call and, um, or get in touch with him about any issues whatsoever, call the office at five six one eight one. Three seven two one on his cell phone at three zero five nine seven five four three two two. That's Donaldson um, Jacobson. Um, I think I may have him on the line now. I got a three zero five call coming in. Let's check it. Good yeah. Good morning, Tony Jacobson. Good
1: morning. How are you, sir?
0: I'm okay. Welcome to the broadcast.
1: Thank you. Thank you. It's been a while since uh, we have spoken.
0: Yeah. Um, Dr. McCorvey is in the airport getting ready to board to plane, but he's, he's listening as well. Um, we, uh, I would like yeah,
1: to. There's a bad connection. Um, it, I, it's, um, it's very fuzzy on coming out on my end.
0: With my connection? Yeah. Okay. Can you hear me at all?
1: I can hear you, but every time you speak, I hear static with the uh, voice.
0: There's a lot of static with my voice.
1: Yeah, I mean, can you hear me clearly? Because I can just speak with, uh
0: about, I can hear you, you know, topics. Clear. I can hear you real clear.
1: I'm sorry, you can hear me real cre- clear? Okay.
0: All yeah. right, so are,
1: you, are we ready to begin, sir?
0: Yeah, we, we, we'll see you begin.
1: Okay, uh, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. My name is attorney uh, Jonathan Jacobson. I'm an attorney down in uh, West Palm Beach, Florida. As Mr. Howard said, I cover all of the state of Florida. Uh, my office number is 561-812-3721. My cell phone, which I answer regularly, uh, is 305-975-4322. My email is jijlawllc@gmail.com. at gmail.com. I'm very uh, happy to be here again. Again, uh, ba- based on the request of the National Association of Black Defenders and Mr. Howard, it's an honor for me to speak to everyone today. And hopefully, I can be of assistance for you with some of the information I give today, and/or if you call me looking for some legal assistance, I always offer uh, you know a brief, short, uh, free consultation, uh, and we'll try to guide you in the right direction. As we've been speaking on the show for the past several months. We've been talking about predominantly that I handle uh, foreclosure defense, uh, eviction uh, defense, uh, and a couple other uh, civil litigation issues. Uh, Recent developments have shown that the uh, CDC uh, has extended the moratorium through the end of July. But uh, as of right now, all indications are showing that the end of July will be the final extension. Now that's subject to change, but as of right now, they seem pretty adamant that uh, you know there's local and other governmental assistance for renters or foreclosure um, uh, people who who may be uh, you know uh, subject to foreclosure. Uh, Mr. Howard, is a is, is, can you mute your end because I hear about a rust a rustling?
0: Um, okay, okay, okay. I just
1: want to make sure that everybody can hear me clearly, sir.
0: Okay, how about now? Go ahead.
1: Okay, perfect. I uh, hear, I better now. Thank you, sir.
0: Okay.
1: So, I, as I was saying, um the uh it looks like a lot of people have been uh given forbearances, have been given different payment plans, have been given uh, you know, opportunities to try to work through this pandemic uh and some of the financial hand, hardships they've had uh some of the uh, programs offered by uh the uh the federal government and services who have to follow their guidelines have given people forbearances up to 12 months. Um, I'm unsure whether that is still an available remedy of calling your servicer or bank, but it can't hurt to try. It can't hurt to see whether you can get a forbearance if that's possible. Aside from that, um, the eviction moratorium, which uh, consisted of people who uh, were affected financially by uh, COVID-19, were able to uh, provide their landlord and or the court if they were sued with a a CDC declaration affidavit, which basically said, I'm unemployed or my income's reduced because of COVID. Uh, You know, I make under this certain amount of money um, and I'm trying to work out uh, a, a, a deal with the landlord and looking for public assistance. If he did that, that would buy you some time. But again, it looks like that's ending in July i've heard more and more across the state of florida there are programs that are allowing people to go to their local uh, government uh, and seek assistance for rental assistance so if you haven't tried that route uh, you need to do that in order for you to have an opportunity to catch up on your rent because once this moratorium is over you know uh, the landlords will be coming out and forced to uh, evict people and um All the amounts are outstanding, late fees, everything that is due under the lease will come due uh, when they file their suits. Now a landlord can sue you for possession and or possession and damages. If he sues you for possession, they're trying to just get you out of the place you are renting. If they sue you for uh, possession and damages, they could get a money judgment against you if they prove their case. So not only do you unfortunately get evicted, um, but you also will have a money judgment recorded against you. More likely than not, landlords are looking for possession more than anything, but it is extremely imperative that if you are served with a three-day notice, you contact your landlord. If you're served with any notice, or you should have been in contact with your landlord all along, As I always say on the show, uh, hiding from the problem or ignoring a phone call or approaching your landlord is the worst thing you can do because that will lead to uh, a lawsuit without a doubt. And once once a lawsuit is filed against you for eviction, it's very hard for you to be able to rent a new place, especially with the market in Florida right now where house prices are going through the roof. Rental um, places are shrinking from the standpoint that owners are, would rather sell than rent and deal with tenants so that they know they're going to get a premium on their house. There's bidding wars on houses all over Florida. So you need to think clearly and think smartly before you go down the road of not trying to work it out because I see every day where families with kids are unable to get another house that will fit their family and or landlords are just turning them away because they know they can get a tenant that's much better qualified and doesn't have evictions on their record. So if you find yourself in that situation, you need to call me. But first and foremost, you need to be proactive for yourself and you need to keep in touch with a landlord, give them what you can. Um, but if you're served with a summons for eviction, there are two things within that. You have five days, to either put the money that is listed in the complaint in the court's registry. If you don't do that, you are behind the eight ball. You you waive all your defenses to to eviction other than payment. So if you put that money in, then at least you are able to continue to litigate the case. If you don't feel the amount you owe, the amount in the complaint is the amount you owe, you have to file a motion to determine rent within those five days. If you don't, again, you waive most of your defenses to eviction and you will find yourself more likely than not um, with a final judgment of possession and eviction. So within the first five days are crucial. So you call me or you you take the steps I'm telling you on this call. Sometimes it's good to have the guidance of an attorney on your side because we can come up with uh, creative solutions or find ways to see what are the issues on both sides to try to alleviate the situation and come to an amicable resolution. Um, if you are, um, if you are, if there's a final judgment of possession, there's usually a writ of possession issued. A writ is usually forwarded to the local sheriff's department and at some point, it's going to get crazy, so there may be more time in between when the writ is issued and when it is posted, but sometimes it can be as, as quickly as Uh, 24 hours to 48 hours, and sometimes it could be a month for the sheriff to come out. But once they post it on your door, you have 24 hours to get everything out and and leave, or the sheriff will, will come back the next day or the following day with the owner and lock the doors on you or take your things out of your property. And I know this sounds like gloom and doom, but you need to be prepared. I'd rather tell you exactly what could happen so you're prepared. And before we get to that point, you take action to try to stop that uh by calling me uh and or taking uh you know action of uh filing uh information with the courts um so again you know i represent both sides so i see the hardship on both sides landlords uh you know uh, mostly have been left out uh from from assistance you know and some of these are mom and pop landlords who make a living off rental income so it's been tough on them too so there has to be understanding on both sides but, again, if, you, if you're if you facing an eviction or a hardship, if you haven't already reached out to your landlord to work things out, you better do it quickly because if they haven't filed yet, they will be filing once this more terms over uh, in order to regain possession of the property. So, again, call me. Uh, again, uh, you know, reach out to me uh, in, in the contact information. I'll give it again later. Um, but also um, with foreclosures, okay, foreclosures, the courts are going to get overwhelmed again, whether it's short term or going into 2022 with foreclosures. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of the middle to low income housing uh, people who are facing hardship because of COVID or other reasons are going to be caught in this foreclosure storm again. Now, I can't predict the future, but it just you know, from the articles I've read and some of the information I've heard through other you know lawyers that I speak to, it looks like there's going to be a foreclosure wave coming. As I said, if you, if you find yourself behind on your mortgage, you should be calling your servicer. You should be um, saving the money you can save, um, and you need to uh, prepare for possibly being sued in, in foreclosure. If that's the case, again, I don't want to keep promoting myself, but you can contact me if you have a complaint or an issue. We can review it and see what can be done, done on your end. The worst thing, again, is not responding. When you get served with a foreclosure complaint, uh, you have 20 days to uh, respond to that complaint. You can ask for an extension, but if you're not proactive in asking for it, the court just assumes that if you didn't respond after 20 days, you're not interested in responding, and they could uh, give the plaintiff a, a default against you. And that kind of moves the process quicker into you being uh, losing your house and eventually being told to vacate the house after... Um, you know, um, sale is completed. So foreclosure basically works this way. They have to send you a uh, pre-foreclosure notice. So if you get that notice, um, act upon it by calling your servicer or bank. If they don't send it, then they have an issue when it comes to the foreclosure itself because a lot of the standard mortgages include clauses where they have to give you a certain amount of time and have to give you a foreclosure notice before they can even file. So again, these are all different procedural uh, case law and contract law matters that so if you need help with, uh, you reach out to me. Um, once they give you the notice, if you don't respond, they will file a lawsuit against you, and uh, they will serve you with the lawsuit. And like I said, you have 20 days to answer. Again, with foreclosures, there's an ability to give you an extended amount of time Uh, to reside in the property to get your affairs in order to try to work on loss mitigation. Now loss mitigation is an option that servicers and banks give people when it comes to trying modifications, when it comes to trying to do short sales or sales where it comes to deeds in lieu. I find a lot of people who are having financial hardship are looking to sell their property and Normally in this market, they're making a lot of money off selling it. But again, you need to think about whether you can get another place and you need to think about what you're going to do with that money and make sure that you don't, uh, you know, that you save it for whether you have to move in to rent somewhere, build your credit back up, look at it as a a free fall because the market is hot because you're going to have to, to figure out what you're going to do and where you're going to have to live. So, you know, servicers and banks for years uh, have suffered the fact that since the 2008 crash and, you know, going in five years into it and even, you know, up till recently, the last couple of years, they've, they've been the underdogs because the house prices have been depressed. But now it's a lot, hard, it's a lot harder, for, harder for them to forgive the amounts owed or work deals with people unless there's a program that they have because they know they're going to get what they're owed when they sell the house in Florida nowadays. So... You know, for example, uh, one of my clients that I have uh, uh, it, it has been able to get an offer that is substantially above what he owes, but the servicer won't give him any break on the amount that he owes them. So, in in the past, there were uh, you know deals that were worked, and maybe there will be down the pike where they'll re- they'll work with you or or take a lesser amount of value for the property and what you, what is owed. But again, just so you know, right now, the banks, the sellers, the servicers are in a position where they can recoup a lot of the losses they've suffered over the years because of the the scorching hot real estate market down here. But, like I said, the courts are probably going to get crazy again. And crazy means the pipeline slows down, the cases that are heard or taken – are slows down the judge's availability, the court's time uh, gets uh, overwhelmed, and that buys people time to be able to get their affairs in order, to live in a place where they need to, or their house for a while longer, and you know find options to try to even stay in your house because most people, I believe, uh, do not you know when they bought the house it was their dream house they wanted to stay there forever they never expected to be in default. And, you know, it's just a tragedy with either employment or health or other issues that come up where you find yourself in this uh, unfortunate position. But, again, with buying yourself time, you know, by having me represent you and and buying you some time and kind of seeing, you know, if they can prove their case or not, you will have the ability. Nothing's guaranteed in, in regards to a timeline, but even the fastest track foreclosure still can take, you know, uh, if you enter, if you do simple paperwork, you know, you can buy yourself anywhere from six months to two years nowadays. And that's a subspan- substantial amount of time for you to get your affairs in order before, you know, the final judgment or foreclosure is entered. So just something to think about. Uh, you know, if if you can do loss mitigation, you can come out with a better interest rate or a lower payment or work some kind of deal with the bank and you want to keep your house. Your kids are used to living there. You're You're used to living there then we should explore that option first while going through a foreclosure um, to try to avoid having to turn over the house at the end. Um, you know, another uh, thing that I, I kind of, special, not specialize in, but have uh, experience with is uh, bankruptcy. That's kind of the last resort, but it's also an, uh, a tool that can be used to solve foreclosures, buy you time. And again, that's something that I would have to individually talk to people if they called me about. But basically, the federal for, uh, bankruptcy rules say that if you are in a bankruptcy, there has to be a stay in uh, in a foreclosure case until that bankruptcy is over. So sometimes people file bankruptcy, is uh, you know, because they have no choice and have to buy themselves more time. But it's just another way where um, you know uh, homeowners, borrowers. Uh, can use to uh buy themselves time or clean up their financial affairs uh because they have no choice but to file bankruptcy Chapter seven bankruptcy is a bankruptcy where all your debts are liquidated um, and uh, you know usually you can either surrender the house that you have or you can buy you know you can buy time to you know uh within that bankruptcy chapter thirteen bankruptcy a lot of people choose. It's a little bit more expensive than a Chapter 7 bankruptcy. But it kind of they kind of look at all your debts. They kind of assign a five-year payment plan based on what you have, if you can afford to pay money. And usually within the Chapter 13 bankruptcy, you can work out possible modifications for your house that can be favorable sometimes. You know, again, because of this market, it's very difficult for... Uh, Banks, servicers or, or owners of property to let go of monies that's owed to them because they know they can get it in the open market. So while you think that you owe 250,000 in principle with all the fees, attorney's fees, cost, escrow, everything, you could owe the bank 320,000 and they can sell the house for 400,000, get their 320,000, then you're left with the surplus in the courthouse. So again, if that happens, and you are foreclosed on and a sale happens of your property, you know, um, there will be sometimes a surplus in the court registry that you are entitled to unless there's other creditors knocking at the door. So if you find yourself that, you know, you're at the end of the line with a foreclosure, it's sold, you know, always make sure that you kind of find out whether uh, there's a surplus or not. Obviously, there's companies out there that will call you immediately, send you letters, try to do a deal with you. will then take over the surplus and take a fee for it. But before you get into something like that, you need to call me and see whether, first of all, it's a fair deal for you to do and whether it can be done cheaper by me or somebody else because a lot of these uh, companies will prey on, uh, you know, on, on people who don't know that you can get more of your surplus if need be rather than them getting a bigger piece of the pie. So there's laws regarding that. If you're, uh, for people who are are not in any financial distress when it comes to foreclosures or eviction, you know I also um, handle real estate contracts uh, and other, uh, you know, uh, civil litigation matters. So with real estate contracts, that's another biggie these days. Okay, when you enter into a contract to to buy a house, or whether the seller or the buyer. You know, the contract has very clear terms within it, and you have to have – you have to follow those deadlines, or as a buyer, you could lose your deposit, for example. So always make sure that, you know, you know, sellers and buyers want to get the house as quickly as possible, but make sure that the title company you're dealing with or the attorney you're dealing with has enough time in order to meet that deadline so you don't find yourself having to fight over a security deposit or have a seller that just wants to back out and get more money from another buyer. So it's, a lot of people don't like to pay for legal services before a problem happens, and that's one of the biggest mistakes you can have because if you're buying your house, which is your biggest asset, uh, your biggest, uh, you know, expenditure, it's always worthwhile having an attorney review the contract. If you find yourself getting into an issue before the contract or the, the closing date comes due, it's good to call an attorney before the, the deadline passes because, a lot of what's in that real estate contract is, is black and white, and if you don't follow the rules, you're behind the eight ball to start with, and you don't want to be in the, put in that position. So if you find, for example, that your lender is dra- dra- dragging their feet on getting you the loan, you need to reach out to the seller or have your agent, always keep in touch with your agent. Always keep in touch with everybody. That's my number one thing. If somebody is not communicating with you effectively, and, you know you can sit there and blame them, and there may be some part of the blame, but the blame is on you. It's like I tell people with modifications, for example, and I'm I'm sorry to deviate from the real estate issue, but it's the same line of thought. If you decide to file for a modification, you get all the paperwork in, okay? You can't sit there and say, oh, they're going to call me someday or they're going to send me paperwork. Yeah, they may be required to, but they may drag their feet. Their departments will be overwhelmed. So it's your responsibility to call your bank or servicer or whatever it is, your loan officer, every week, every, you know, every, I don't care what, how much you bug them. You need answers and you need to be explained. Especially, another, re, another thing I'm finding, that I, I'm, I, I'm inheriting a lot of clients who come, from me, come to me saying that their attorneys don't communicate with them or don't tell them what's going on. That's not good. I mean, listen, you don't want a client who's constantly pestering you and calling you every day for a status because that's just unreasonable on that side. But if you have questions, if you're unclear as to what your attorney's doing or the direction they're taking, you have every right to call them. You have every right to email them for a status. An attorney should be returning your call, should be communicating with you and telling you every step of the way if something is filed in the case or something is coming up. If you don't get that kind of service, then there has to be a damn good reason or you need to find another attorney, okay? There should never be a lack of communication when somebody is paying to retain an attorney to represent them and guide them through a tough legal situation. So when it comes to the real estate contracts, make sure that uh, the terms are, are clear on them, that you understand there is an ability to sign addendums to extend things. Uh, you know, but you have to get going on it and you have to be able to have the other side agree to it. So just think about those things when, uh, you're either buying real estate or, or, if you're doing anything, um, you know, other than that, some of the other things that I can help people with are, um, are probate issues. So if you need, if you don't have a simple will, if you don't have a power of attorney, if you don't have a living will or designation of a health surrogate, those are things you must have in your records, especially if you have a family and especially if you want to direct how your assets are, or how things are divided or how you're cared for, or if you need somebody to be able to handle your financial affairs, if something happens to you, those things you need to always have, you know, and and, and you need to have a basic will that directs what goes to what, where goes to where, if you're married, the kids, Everything has to be outlined because if not, it goes through, when you pass away, it goes through, uh, you know, uh, the probate court without a will and the court and the rules and statutes kind of control how things are going to be dispensed, how are things are going to be taken care of, what the priority is. But you can avoid a lot of that if you have a lot of it kind of in writing in your will, you know, um. When it comes to a living will, a designation of healthcare surrogate, that's those are instances when you're in the hospital, and you're, you know, unfortunately, you're either in a vegetative state or you're in a, in a position where you can't make decisions on the moment. So you have to, you know, have somebody who's able to make those decisions for you. You know, so it's always good to have somebody you trust, obviously, with your life, so to speak. Uh, you have a, 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 you know, an alternate in case that person's not available uh, to be able to make decisions for you. It also kind of tells the hospital, it tells the people that you've entrusted, you know, whether you want to be kept on life support, whether you want to be, you know, uh, you know, various options on those telling you what your desires are, whether you want to donate your, you know, your, your body parts if you go to heaven. Uh, you know, these are, I know they are, these are glum subjects, but we need to prepare for them. Because as they always say, death and taxes are, are absolute, in, you know, in life. And uh, these are things we have to think about. Now, a uh, power of attorney is also important to have. Uh, it kind of allows somebody to – you can designate what you want them to have authority over, but, uh, for example, if you want them to be able to pay your bills while you're in the hospital, if you want them to be able to pay, you know, um, uh, uh, the you know the aides that help you because you can't get to your checkbook, uh, you can designate somebody to do that. But, again, be careful because somebody who has a, a durable power of attorney – also has power to unfortunately do things that you know can be uh, not of the wishes of the person that was given gave them that authority. So it has to be someone you really trust. It needs to be you know you know an att- you can make an attorney a uh, durable power of attorney, and they're bound by you know uh, you know Florida rules and and, uh, and principles in the Florida bar. So sometimes, even though you may not know the attorney or if you do or trust the attorney, the attorney still has to act in your benefit uh, and, and do what your desires are. Um, you know, Obviously, you pay him for that, uh, that service, but at least you know that the attorney will do exactly as you want him because he doesn't want to find himself losing his license or, or facing a bar complaint or, or having a reputation of uh, you know, not following through on what they say they're going to do. But, again, I I truly believe that a simple will is absolutely necessary. Uh, You know, and, again, I can help you navigate through that if you need the help. And, again, the other documents. um, Or you can try to do them on your own, you know. But sometimes, you know, there's a questionnaire. There's questions you may have. And you can reach out to me for that. Uh, And I'd be more happy to kind of walk you through the process. I just want to give you my contact information one more time. Again, it's the law offices of uh, Jonathan I. Jacobson. My office number is 561-812-3721. My cell phone is 305-975-4322. And my email is J I J L A W L L C at gmail.com. I'm located in West Palm Beach, Florida, but again, I cover the whole state. I have cases in every county. Uh, not every county, but almost every county, the major counties, I have the ability to uh, appear by phone, appear by Zoom, hire other counsel to cover hearings for me if I need to, but I can kind of steer the ship in the right direction to make sure that you're taken care of. Um, that's basically, um, you know, my, my, uh, my, uh, my speech. Uh, if anybody has any questions or concerns, you're always more than welcome to reach out to me. If anybody has questions today, I'm more than happy to take them.
0: Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah. Hello? Attorney Jackson. Yes. Okay. Um uh, uh, my question is uh, there is a um check being mailed out today from the government to for for kids, for parents that have uh kids. Do you have any information about that? Any information about that at all?
1: Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, um, uh... The, the, child, uh, the, uh, there's a, the, the child tax credit um, is starting to roll out uh, to families today. I got one today in my bank account for my two kids. So basically part of the big relief uh, package that was signed on the last COVID bill um, gave a child tax credit payments to parents with children. It varies anywhere from $300 to down per child. So you kind of have to see where you qualify. Uh, but for example, for my two children, you know, $500 showed up in my bank account today. And that will happen for the next six months. Uh, and then after that, there will be another six months, whether it's a credit on your income tax, whether it's uh, additional payments. But just be aware. And again, I'm not a tax expert. I'm not an accountant. But these payments could affect your taxable income. So you know that I I just basically know that they started out with monthly payments today. Also, if you file the tax return uh, uh, using your unemployment income, uh, the bill also was giving people uh, refunds for payment on taxes for that for the first I believe ten thousand two hundred. So. If you got unemployment for several months, let's say you got 30000 and you filed taxes based on that 30000 uh, the government said that for the first 10000 of each person's tax return that included unemployment, they were not going to tax you on that and refund you if they did or if you paid tax on it. Again, I practice law. I'm not accounting. I'm not a tax expert, uh, but, you know, if you have issues, you know, you can read about it or seek out. You know um, information regarding that or call the IRS and see whether you uh, qualify for it uh, the IRS also has um, on their website you can ask for an IRS transcript which means that you go online you ask for, it, you fill out information and then you can see how they calculate your taxes whether you're doing any refunds whether they missed any refunds that you were due and it's a simple tool that you just kind of go in and public you, you make an account for yourself and you can get some information. Uh, I don't I don't know whether the Where's My Refund uh, tool covers the child tax credit uh, or any other, but it does cover your, your normal uh, refund. So you can always check the status on Where's My Refund. It's usually just type it in Google or there's an app by the IRS. But so that's as far as I kind of know when it comes to that, Mr. Howard.
0: Okay. All right. um, just for review, I don't want you to go into any details or anything like that. But the just to give us the names of the items that you covered on this uh, particular uh, interview. I appreciate it. Just the names of them, say something like bankruptcy, power of attorney. Yeah, of course. Of (laughs) course.
1: The topics that were were covered today uh, were the topics of eviction, of landlord-tenant law, some of the intricacies having to do with that, uh, some of uh, the issues having to do with foreclosure, having to do with the end of the moratorium for eviction and or foreclosures on the horizon. Uh, as of right now, the CDC has issued uh, a deadline of July, at uh, the end of the July. Again, they've extended it several times in the past, but they seem to be pretty adamant about this being the last one. So um, you, you just have to make sure... Um, that you are always on top of your own affairs, that if you need help legally, you contact me. I also covered um, probate, wills, you know, also there's trust. Trusts are more expensive than wills, but, you know, kind of keep information out of probate. Uh, if You want to make sure you have a power of attorney, you know, um, a living will, a designation of health care, surrogacy. Uh, you know, I've covered some bankruptcy topics, some of the tools that are used to try to uh, buy you time. Um, and, and that's pretty much any, you know, real estate issues and other litigation issues. I, I, I handle a ver- various amount of uh, different types of uh, litigation issues. So if you don't know, ask. If you have a question, ask. I have people calling me all the time. But those are the kind of topics that I handle.
0: Okay, I, uh, I appreciate you, uh, taking the time out to, uh, continue to update, uh, the National Association, uh, of Black Defenders, uh, clientele. And, uh, I don't know if, uh, Dr. McCorvy has any questions, Um but he's still on the line. Dr. McCorvy, are you still there? Yeah, um, his line is still open, but, uh, evidently, uh, Dr. McCorvy. Okay.
1: Okay. Well, um, again, the National Association of Black Defenders is a wonderful, uh, you know, organization. You want to help people bring about peaceful social and economic change. Uh, you know, I'm glad that they've reached out to me, and I'm glad to help. Again, ask the question. Don't just sit there and don't and don't look for help because help is out there. And again, I wish everybody the best. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to appear today, and um, you know, uh, take care, everyone.
0: Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. God All right.
1: Bear. Take care, Mr. Howard. Good to talk to you.
0: All right. Good to talk to you. Take care now. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Um, that was attorney uh, Jonathan Jacobson. He's uh, uh, worked with the National Association of Black Offenders. Uh, and he has given us a wealth of information uh, on different issues. Uh, the child tax credit thing that rolled out today. Uh, one of the things about that I thank you because you give that money to your kids that uh, is not going to increase your taxes but it will increase your taxes um, information on power turning uh on uh, wheels you know, prob the wheel living wheel um, bankruptcy uh, foreclosures evictions and um, I like the idea about eviction being at the top of the steps and being ready to go. Uh but uh there is some things that you can do when you get your eviction notice. In fact, you got twenty four hours once you get that eviction notice to start taking some action. But anyway, it is important that you as a person know what you can do when you have situations coming up in regards to legal situations. Um I don't have any more now, uh um, Dr. McCorgett at five six one five eight one 1845 line is still open, but uh, uh, I can't get any response from him so far as uh, what he uh, would like to say or add. Um, we have been uh, recording for the last 39 minutes. Um, I was not able to play back uh, the attorney's uh, voice and uh, pick it up by the cell phone, but anyway, we hope that you will continue to support the National Association of Black Defenders. Uh, Attorney Donald Jacobson. And if you want to contact him, it's 561-812-3721. It's mobile is 305-975-4322. You can reach him by fax at 561-828-4628. He's open hours Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Saturday and Sunday, 9 a.m. to um uh, 9 a.m. Uh, to 10, all right? And, and, and if you want to get in touch with them, give them a call with any legal issues that you have. On behalf of all of us here at Housewives and Gospel Blog Talk Radio, National Association of Black Defenders, uh, uh, Dr. Michael McCorvey, and all the people at the National Association of Black Defenders, thank you for being here with us today. All right. Take care now.